she deaf? Mute, sir. She can hear you. You clean that lab, you get out. This may very well be the most sensitive asset ever to be housed in this facility. You may think that thing looks human. Stands on two legs, right? But we're created in the Lord's image. You don't think that's what the Lord looks like, do you? This creature is intelligent, capable of language, of understanding emotions. Well, the silence in the room is like a good atmosphere that you could just put in behind other stuff. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, you probably want that. Like if you have to cut some apart, and, you know. Oh yeah, that's what they do on sets. They yeah. yeah. They tell everyone to shut up and they record the ambience. Like a yeah. minute of ambience, yeah. so they can put that in. This is that. This is that for the whole hour. Yes. I'm signing now. All right, hopefully that's it for that. All right, let's enjoy this thing. All right. And can, can you hear? Can you hear through your hoodie? Yeah, my King Kong hoodie. Yeah. Oh, will it fit? Now we don't want <laughs> listeners picturing it like one of those Chewbacca hoodies that looks like. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. No, it just says King Kong. So, fuzzy legs dangling off the back. <laughs> right. Is that a thing? Um. Th- yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of grown people wearing onesies and and yeah. uh, hoodies that look like children should have them. But Chewbacca. Yeah, yeah. I've seen those. Adults. Yeah. I'm not criticizing. I'm just you know. It's well, I, I'm, I'm talking about comic cons. Well, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, listeners. Guess what? We're back. We're back, and we're kind of ahead of the curve this time. Yeah, well, we were way ahead of the curve if we recorded anywhere close to when we saw this movie two months ago. We, we're especially invited because we're yes. special. Yeah. We're special. Yeah. Guillermo del Toro invited us. He pulled up in his replica of the car. Yeah, get in, get in the car. And we we went and watched this movie in his house on an illegal Blu-ray he had. Yeah. So this is chewing the scenery horror movie podcast. It's a podcast that uh, has... Choose the scenery. Yeah, sometimes it does. Um, three friends at the in a shed at the bottom of a garden talking about horror movies. And uh, speaking of which, uh, you've taken up the carpet and my chair keeps rolling away. So oh, if no. my voice fades in and out... Then, uh... <laughs> That's the reason. Well, that damn thing, you know, I put in the new flat files for all the art prints. And, uh, and it just, it was either lift up 700 pound flat files and try and tuck the rug under it or 
roll it up. So it's rolled up. There's no body in it, I promise. So thank you to the Moonrays for giving us intro creature features at the top of the show. You could find them on Amazon or iTunes if you want to buy some of their music digitally. If you want to say hi to them, they're on uh, Facebook as the Moon Dash Rays. And um, assuming you have a Facebook cable package for yes. your internet. <laughs> yes. Now that net neutrality is gone, good luck hearing this. Yeah. Or, I hope you you have the podcast listening package. Right. Um so uh, why are you using your credits on this show? <laughs> We're going to spoil some shit. There, I said it. Now, uh we are your hosts. I'm Richard. I'm here with Will. Hello. And Jolian. Hello. And what do you guys watched since we did this last? I finished up Vanderpump Rules. You would like blaze through a whole season? Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, except the last two episodes, which are always reunion episodes, and they're terrible. Oh. Um, this is the one about the restaurant. Full of... Yeah, full of idiots okay. who sleep with one another. And Sounds like most restaurants. Or as, mm-hmm. I, or as I call it, college. <laughs> yeah, most of these people are past college age. <laughs> right. These are all wannabes and has-beens, never worers. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of pathos in the show. Not a lot of, uh, of, uh, deep know, thought, personal deep responsibility, thought, <laughs> personal responsibility. No self-awareness. <clears throat> mm-hmm. They come so close. Uh, um, a lot of great office sort of editing, you know, they'll show them boasting about themselves intercut with a scene where, you know, for example, they had this kid who he thinks of himself as a DJ and he's like, I'm. You know, I'm like number one DJ in L.A. now. And then they cut to him DJing at a dog park fundraiser where he's reading out somebody's or he's he's reading out a message that somebody had lost their keys to their Toyota. <laughs> if they'd come get them, you know, but he's the hottest DJ in L.A. So yeah. uh, and then we watch the rest of Shut Eye, which I don't I started understand. I like it a lot. It's a weird show. Yeah. Did you ever watch Dexter? I couldn't get into Dexter. But did you recognize the guy from Dexter? He's got a slight speech impediment. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, he's he's uh, the, other, the other gangster guy um, that stuck the dude's hand on that. No, no, that was a different scene. Uh, he set the woman on fire. Oh. It's not much of a spoiler. You won't you won't see it coming. Is this White Tony you're talking about? Is that what they call him? Yeah, there's two gangsters, two Romani gangsters, at least in the first season. Yeah. He's the, uh, he's the Fonzo, second one. Fonzo. Right. The big guy mm-hmm. with the beard. Yeah, this is the other guy. And the other guy, White Tony. White Tony. Yes. <laughs> and his kid is Little Tony. Oh. <laughs> Granko. Got it. And uh, the other guy's name is Fonzo Marks. Wow. And Isabella Rossellini's his mom in the series. Right. Who's good in anything. Yeah. Yeah, I'll watch she her. She must be like 72 and she still looks pretty good. Yeah, she does. And she's a great actress and she plays a totally ruthless character on the show. Yeah. So. they That was a good get for them to put her in the mm-hmm. show. Yeah. They're like, okay, jerk face signed. Who else can we get? Jerk face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh man, I want to meet him. <laughs> but like, I'm so well, afraid I would say that. <laughs> You're like, don't say jerk face, don't I, you? Um, Hi, jerk face. 
I'll bring you along to the next uh, filmmakers yes. get together, and maybe he'll turn up again. I hope so. So, did you watch any movies? Um, no, I've not watched any movies other than The Shape of Water. Oh, all right. Well, that's going to be uh, our featured attraction, which um, we will spoil. Yes. So, Julian, what about you? What Everybody watch? dies in the end. <laughs> Eventually, they do, yeah. Uh, on a long enough timeline. <laughs> yep. Everybody involved in that movie will die. Yes. One day, this will all be dust. Think about that. <laughs> Probably sooner than later at the rate we're going. Uh, anyway. Yeah, Julian, what? Uh, well, in preparation for this, I watched uh, The Amphibian Man. Oh. It's a Russian Kill Man movie. <laughs> it's the, the Russian ripoff of Creature from the Black Lagoon? No. Does it, it predate no. it? No, it's uh, from 1962. But it's its so own it's thing. from around... It's the same year as around this the time, movie. Yeah, this movie set. Set, yeah. Uh, directed by Vladimir Chiboturov. And uh, it's about Ikfianda, who is a boy whose uh, father has implanted him with shark gills to save him from some uh, defective lungs he had when he was a child. So he's he's amphibious. He, he can't stay in either you know Water me- medium too long. Um, mm. But it's based on a novel from 1928 by uh, Alexander Bliaev. And uh, it's also been filmed as a TV series in 2004. Um, but yeah, so uh, yeah, again, you have like this uh, romantic triangle. Mm-hmm. You know, he falls for this beautiful uh, lady from the shore and uh, who's also being courted by this wicked man. Hmm. Uh, and it's this, this story is set in somewhere in South of Central America. Hmm. Um you have all these Russians playing uh, Latinos, and and so the 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 villain is Don Pedro, and the um, the woman is Gutierrez, um, who's played by Anastasia Vertinskaya, who I've seen only in uh, the War and Peace movie from the late sixties. Wow! Uh, but anyway, it, it's very charming. Great, liked it a lot. How did so, you find that? Uh, there's a uh, on on YouTube. There's a Moss Film channel, oh, okay. so you can watch you know MOS Film. Uh, so you can watch you know tons of classic Russian movies. Oh, excellent! So it's pretty easy to find. Nice, it's very sub- nice. Subtitled. Oh, very and it's nice. Really good quality you know, picture. Yeah, it's not like oh, your okay. standard YouTube. Oh, very nice. So. Uh, I will have to check that out. Yeah, it's really, I'm excited. It's fun. So I can watch YouTube on the TV. So I don't have to watch it on. You the... still get YouTube even after today. Yeah, maybe, maybe we'll see if I'm on the <laughs> if I can get the YouTube package. Right. That's it. That was it. Yeah, I, I've been busy <clears throat> doing uh, finishing up burning metronome. So I should the burning get that metronome done this weekend. <laughs> so then I can inflict more movies on you next week. Awesome. What well, you watch? I watched uh, Carnival of Souls, which was uh, Jolien's copy of uh, the Criterion. Criterion release. And I was standing, because uh, I have to leave the PlayStation charger, or uh, remote charging, and then go over and unplug it. And while I'm over by the TV, like a foot and a half from it, the movie starts. 
and I'm staring at it just completely stunned at how sharp it is. There's not a bunch of hair and scratches and cigarette burns going through the screen. It's completely clean, and the exposure was way better than I would have ever thought from all the crappy copies of it I've seen on TV over Mm -hmm. the years. Um, it's, it was a great rewatch. So Carnival of Souls, the, the Criterion edition is, is stunning. Yeah. The Blu-ray. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's Blu-ray, which means it's even sharper. I'm excited. My eyes can't even see that sharp, you know, it's like the movie's sharper than real life. Sometimes I like to fuzz up a picture. Yeah. Turn down the contrast, mess up the color. (laughs) Um, Evil Dead I've, I've never seen in high def. Because I it's it works so well on you know crappy video yeah and that's how I you know, grew up watching it yeah uh, I I just couldn't the, the thought of seeing it really crystal clear it just it wouldn't be right <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know are <laughs> any movies like that you... I watched uh, oh. Machete uh, okay on uh, not an old movie but whoever uploaded it uploaded a really crappy copy. <laughs> And I don't know if they did it on purpose because I've not seen the film otherwise. I think it's filmed that way. Uploaded by R. Rodriguez. It may have been because it looked like it was from a shitty videotape. Excellent. And it was it was great. And I've not watched it again because I don't want to ruin that if it's if it's at all sharp. Hmm. That might have been how they filmed it. You know, because you know how they did like Planet Terror. Yeah. Yeah, but but you can tell it's like filters mostly. Yeah. No, this was nicely done. This looked this looked like a mm. good VHS copy that somebody had. I remember watching like third generation pirates of all the films that you weren't allowed to see. In oh England. yeah. <laughs> Just third generation pirates always lose their edge. <laughs> they don't like rum as much. Yeah. They don't speak the language. Yeah. They gotta stay away from dairy. Yeah, they're just, you know, they're soft compared to their predecessors. Uh, Humanoids from the Deep. Mm. Weird Richard thi- Corman? No, that, that's a good Gilman movie. Yeah. No, oh. Yeah, this, this kind that's of... That's how I'm going to sell it. Yeah, it's a Gilman movie. It's totally. a Gilman movie that gets a bit rapey. Yeah, it is a bit <laughs> rapey. Doug McClure, you might remember from... <laughs> Doug McClure. Land of Time Forgotten. Oh, man. <laughs> At the Earth's Core. At the Earth's Core is great. Yep. I love it. Yeah, man, he kills everything in that movie. Anything that moves, whether or not it's a danger or not, he gasses it or shoots it dead. If you read, read the novels, like uh, it, that character, he turns up in Pellucidar. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, when, when, once he escapes slavery, he pretty much takes over this. He, he becomes emperor, doesn't he, by the end of the first Something like that. or something? Yeah. (laughs) Killing creatures left and right. Yeah, that's what I remember. He just kills everything. (laughs) Everything. Nazis, dinosaurs, whatever. (laughs) Nazis riding dinosaurs. (laughs) Nazi dinosaurs. Yeah. Some of which were good people, I'm sure. (laughs) There were very fine dinosaurs on both sides. Very fine dinosaurs on both sides. It's quite sad to watch the dinosaurs do the Zeke Heil, you know. Yeah, their little arms. Yeah, yeah. It's quite cute. Quite cute. Let's see what else. Oh, um, so yeah, Humanoids from the Deep. Uh, what year is that one? Eighty six. Let's, let's have a look at this. Eighty six or older than that? Is it? Yeah, nineteen eighty. Eighty. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Robotine creatures. I was going to guess yeah. seventy eight. Oh, well, it's hard to tell with it a Blu-ray. A little late for 
87. It looks so sharp. 1980. They were going to call it Monster. We would have moved on beyond uh, <laughs> humanoids by 87. I would hope so. Um, so anyway, we... From the deep or not. <laughs> from the shallows, from the deep. Who's counting? Shallow humanoids. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that one is definitely worth a look. The most distracting thing in it was the um, the guy hosting the event. He's supposed to be some local DJ or whatever, uh, like radio DJ. And uh, he's hosting the the Salmon Fest, but he keeps saying Salmon. The Salmon Fest. He's like, all right, so here we are at the Salmon Fest. Get together and read satanic verses. Right. Yeah. Salmon Rushdie Fest. Salmon Rushdie. Yeah, so... Uh, that was great. Definitely watch it. If you can see this Blu-ray edition, it looks super sharp. So much that I thought it was seven years later than it was. <laughs> it took seven years off its age. Yeah. Yeah. And the Made cam- it look 30 instead and the, of 40. And the camera doesn't even put on 10 pounds when, when it's Blu-ray. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Humanoids from the Deep. I never. And the reason I watched this was because I mentioned I had never seen it. And... Uh, I really didn't have any frame of reference for like what it was. I mean, you get an idea of what it's about. You're like Roger Corman. Yeah. What do you need to know? You know, there's going to be some walking. Yep. Is there walking? Oh, there's walking and talking. Yeah. You know, man, Roger Corman. He loves walking and talking. (laughs) This is notorious because it's directed by Barbara Peters, but, uh, that, she wasn't in control of the final cuts. They oh. they put in these scenes where it follows through and what you know, back in the fifties the the cre the gill man or whatever would carry off the woman. Yeah. For who knows what. Yeah. Love. Yeah. Well now but, we know what. Uh, yeah, and humanoids from the deep they make good on it, which is uh <laughs> or bad on it. Uh which is quite a bit of what uh the shape of water follows through on as well but yeah in a, in a more romantic fashion mm-hmm. it's more consensual and um, yes shape of water. <laughs> very much so okay last but not it's least all the music choices i've been watching the lords of salem uh, in installments <laughs> in installments <laughs> yes. like you can only take five minutes of rob zombie at a time <laughs> more like 15 or 20 oh okay um, i if i start to nod off i just stop the movie and go to sleep and, uh, you find yourself <laughs> nodding off well, earlier and earlier in the film in each segment. Like, right. Rob Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a very narcotic effect. Um, I don't know if I ever told you guys this, but I have to sleep on my right side because if I sleep on my left side, the cat punches me in the back until I turn <laughs> over or stands on my ribs. That's bizarre. That is really... I don't know what her deal is, but... Uh, well, she's always slept... I'm Cur- glad you're trained. Yeah. Two legs. <laughs> you are smart. Yeah. You are a smart, good two legs, and she has trained you well. Apparently. <laughs> so. She must be so proud. <laughs> she is. Yeah, the cat wants me to lay on my right side because she curls up in my arm. Yeah. And it's like, she can't curl up with the other arm. That's some straight no. up bullshit right there. Your arm doesn't bend that way. That's right. nonsense. She's like, I'm going to curl up clockwise and that's how it's going to be um but if i start to watch a movie if i'm just lying there with the ipad my earbuds plugged in gonna Mm -hmm. watch some rob zombie sometimes a cat just plows right through the ipad 
It's like, what, what are you doing? What's this thing? What's this get glow? This, get this crap out of here. We're going to sleep. <laughs> Turn on your right side. You know the drill. You know the drill, two legs. Come on, do it. <laughs> So, God, you're yeah. so stupid sometimes. So between uh, sleep and and the cat, you know, there's there's a lot working against me to watch the rest of that movie. But I got through it, and uh, okay. I will say, really all the way, all okay, the way through. I didn't watch all the credits, to be honest oh, with you. Oh wow! I don't think there's any post credits. It doesn't scene. count. Okay. Thanos shows up. It's start. You have to start over. <laughs> you have to start over, and the movie cannot be. Do you have this on disc? No, I was watching okay. it on Shutter, so that way I could watch it on the iPad. And if you move the iPad close enough to your face, it's just like having your screen. It's like being in the theater. Sure, you totally. Know, if you were Colonel Manning from yeah. The Amazing Colossal Man, right. <laughs> Emily always finds the seat where the guy behind her keeps kicking it. Oh, did that happen at The so, Shape of Water? No, I don't think so because we went to a classy theater. But oh, yeah, yeah we uh, did. But it's like your iPad, your cat is that guy in the seat behind oh, you. Oh, totally. That's, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things about going to the theater is you want popcorn or this or that. And um, I always not end up with popcorn. What the hell is going on? <laughs> I think the last five movies I went to, two or three of which were at Alamo, so it's like, Mm, popcorn, sure, but they have chicken fingers and they have uh, booze and they have, uh, you know, all kinds of Do stuff. Do they have boozy chicken fingers? Though? Sure. Ooh. Yeah. Chicken shooters. <laughs> chicken. Oh. Ugh. Oh, man. It's a chicken aspic with booze in it. Like a jello shot. A couple of nuggets in the bottom of the glass. Mm. Mm. It's real salty. And very chickeny. And very chickeny. So, yeah, if you want to avoid people kicking your seat, go to one of those theaters where their legs can't possibly be long enough to kick your seat. Because they recline. Little people. Yeah. (laughs) If they run around and kick your seat, sure, but, you know, they can't reach it from their seat is what I'm saying. (laughs) So... We, we've managed to make the 20-minute mark, uh, so let's talk about the movie we saw. The movie? We, you don't want to talk about 31 Days of Salem or whatever yeah. it was? <laughs> not giving us your opinion. What is it? Oh, what yeah, is it, it like? Okay, I was going to say it's much better on the rewatch. I did have to give up the idea that, okay. That it'd be the, good. The, <laughs> the witches show up Once way. Once you throw that out. <laughs> the witches show up way too early and they hang out with you way too much through the movie. That's my one criticism of this movie. Too much Salem. Only one. Not enough lords. Well, you know, yeah. Not enough lords. Lords of Salem. Yes. This is ladies of Salem. Right. So why do they... It doesn't even make sense. 31 lords of Salem. <laughs> yeah, it does. the title doesn't make sense. They're not lords. They're ladies. So, anywho. Um, me. It's... That was, I don't know what that noise was. <laughs> that was a EVP? Yeah. Yeah, it was like Zool. <laughs> so, anywho, uh, yeah, the, um, the movie's much better on the rewatch than the first time I saw it. Is that on the back of the box? Um, yeah, yeah. It's it's got stuff. the little wreath and it says "much better on the rewatch." Wait, wait a few years. <laughs> so, we went and saw The Shape of Water at the historic Mayan Theater. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have any idea what year that movie theater was built? Um, I remember 1920. 
28, 27, 28, something like I that. I was guessing mid to late 20s as well. Yeah. It's, it's definitely one of those old um, Art Deco era theaters yes. where everything would be wrapped in the theme. Uh, there was one I used to like in Seattle called The Egyptian. Yeah, there were a lot of Egyptians. Yeah, because they found King Tut. Mm. Everybody went Egyptian crazy. Yeah. Or, should, or would that be Egypt crazy? Anyway. Egypt crazy. Yeah. So this movie theater is just a cool place to go see a movie. Yeah, it's got a Mayan theme. Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's very colorful, very very sculpted, and just wrapped in the theme. Yeah. So we go there, and uh, we get to see The Shape of Water like, yeah. before the broad release of it. Yeah. And uh, let's ask you first, Will. What did you think of it? Oh, boy. Go ahead. You don't have to love everything. This movie. Or anything. <laughs> was so incredibly dull. <laughs> this Seriously? movie was you... beautiful. Okay. Acted great. Mhm. Pretty good story. Yeah. And yet I was so bored by it. I felt like everything that happened was exactly what you expected to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay. And every character was either completely good. Yeah. To the point of being sickening almost. Mm-hmm. Or so completely evil they were cartoonish. Yeah. Okay. The world itself, although was supposed to be a very serious 1962 Baltimore, was a very cartoony world. Uh, Eugenia referred to it as Amelie meets um, my neighbor Totoro. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went home and read a review that was Amelie meets E.T., which I think is a <laughs> tiny bit closer if E.T. and Elliot got it on. Right. <laughs> now, can we say, which, you know, that's a whole different movie. Can we say that Del Toro has had the aesthetic that could be compared to Amelie as far as, that was Junot, wasn't it, that directed that? I don't, I don't know. I don't think he's... I don't think he's similar at all. And I think he tried in this to get away with that. He had his little bits of violence, little bits of sex, which felt like touches that, you know, uh, comic books that are considered serious often fall into that problem of they'll add a little bit of sex or a little bit of violence, which I have no problem with, but this it felt kind of tacked on much like the sort of i mean could the bad guy go more than five minutes without i mean why didn't he just use the n-word yeah that's probably true i mean he could have been really complex what if he was a great husband at home Mm -hmm. and he really Mm -hmm. liked his family and everything and he was trying to do better but he's a 1962 white guy who's not got the most progressive views on Any, fish men. Yeah, I'm, anything. <laughs> I'm trying to list all the things. Like he's, he's racist, sexist. He's racist. He's a rapist. He's a sadist. Yeah. He's everything bad. And he's a non-hand-washing motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't wash his hands, yeah. Um, every, worse every, than all that other stuff. Every he, scene he's in, he <laughs> com, comes up with some new evil... Uh-huh. Do you know why his his bit-off fingers that were sewn back on turned black and, and fell off? Because he keeps touching his penis and oh, I not washing his Because he's evil. <laughs> he's, he he's is evil. He's pure evil. Yeah. Um, 
Guys named Richard. They're just that way. Oh, man. What a dick. He's a good actor, though. Oh, he was a good actor. And that's the problem with this Mm. movie. Everybody in it is perfect. Everything in this is perfect. And yet it didn't work. Mm -hmm. It was just... (laughs) I walked away feeling so empty. Um, it felt so just there. Like every beat you could predict, every scene you could predict. And on top of that, they felt the need to add these um, sort of ham fisted social messages on top of this very cutesy poo world but he wants the violence in it too i don't know what he was doing with this i don't i fear for del toro crimson peak yeah it's kind of he's going for one vibe like a classic haunted house thing and then suddenly you get this like deep red style murder in it yeah head bashed in. oh that's right i remember that was like, like so over the top and it didn't part of this movie. fit yeah yeah the same thing with this they shoot a russian double agent who's a doctor in this and then the the villain strickland comes and tortures him uh-huh. and it felt so over the top and so the little sex scenes felt the same way like they could have been fine but they they clashed with the rest of this kind of cartoony Amelie world that he wanted to present in some scenes with the film and you know um, the color palette the color palette the lighting the lighting it felt very um, much like the uh, it's like quirky noir quirky noir that's a good quirky noir it felt a lot like uh what was it the imposters or the uh, it was the mexican film in the bus station oh, um the, the, the familiars the wasn't familiars it? Was it? yes yeah i'm i'm scrolling to find the name of this movie that michael shannon was in um here it is grand theft parsons um if you want to see him play a hapless hippie boob yeah, he's great. Um, it's a very entertaining film. It's from 2003. Uh, it's where there were um, there were some people in the life, you know, in, in the circle of friends around Graham Parsons. I was going to say who stole his body. Yeah. To, to go cremate him in the desert. Yeah. Is this about that? Yeah, this is about that. And it's amazing. And Michael Shannon just, well, I was going to say he kills in it, but he doesn't he doesn't kill Graham Parsons. I don't want you to get the wrong idea, but uh, it's it's a really good performance by him because you see him in like Boardwalk Empire or this. Where he's stereotyped as a fish man hating <laughs> sexist. Right. And, and this guy is a really good actor. He doesn't Who have. He just happens to hate fish man. He has a face that looks like he could be a total violent dickhead. And I think that's why he gets cast as that's one. exactly why he gets cast as that, you know, and he disappeared into that role. Like I said, this movie, he does a good job. I think the lady who does, uh, Eliza is really good. I think all the actors did yeah, really well in this, in this I don't film. And yet it didn't work for me. And I don't know. Well, I do know why, because Parts of it were very ham-fisted, and mm. and I think Del Toro's lost any sort of weirdness he may have had. Sally Hawkins. Yeah, yeah that's right. Sally yeah. Hawkins. She does a great job. Like they've 
smoothed out all the bumps that Del Toro that made him sort of unique. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know. And you know, he's not afraid to to go with something that's pretty darkly lit and and you know, limited color palette. He's not afraid to do that and but this time it did feel more quirky and it did feel kind of like Amelie. Quirky it, noir. Yeah. I love, I love Amelie. <clears throat> Yeah, I, I love Amelie too, it's, it's, but it, it didn't. That it one, did, that one works me. And the tone's pretty consistent. The it tone is. is consistent. This doesn't. Mm, he doesn't do anything with this movie. Mm. He sets out and he just tells the story that it doesn't yeah, go I, anywhere. I it didn't just allow me to make up my own mind about things. anything. Yeah, like uh, the, the classic creatures, like including creature from the Black Lagoon. Mm-hmm. They're monsters. Yeah. But you feel sympathy for them. Even though they're monsters. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, yeah. And you, you know, like Madeline Monroe says, you know, I feel sorry for the creature, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this movie is just, there's no room for any, you Deci- know, any decision making. Making up your own mind yeah. about anyone. That's, yes, yes. So uh, it I holds felt, your felt hand was, through the whole that thing. That's one of the, the dull things about it. Yes. I, it wasn't wasn't allowing me to. You got to you got to have. You can't nail it down that much and that thoroughly, and still expect it to be poetic. Um, there's got to be ambi- ambiguity to it. Yes, very good uh, point. You think when I mean, you think of like uh, cocteau films and you know the truly poetic mm-hmm. movies like Miyazaki or something. There's you know there's there's layers to it. You know you you have to think about it. And, Yes. Um, but th- this one is just telling you, it's like flashing, you know, villain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> villain here, point, point, point. Yeah. Now, do you suppose that there is something going on here where knowing it's going to be appealing to a, a, a more general audience? I mean, you look at the budget of this thing, and I have that in my notes. $20 million. Something crazy like that. Let's it's see. It's not that much, actually, for as good as I look, it yeah. looked. Yeah. Yeah. It was beautifully filmed. Great Everything looking. about yeah. this looked fantastic, but I agree with you. The fact that the story felt the need to hold your hand through the whole thing and tell you exactly what to feel, when to feel it, insulted my intelligence. So when you have $19.4 million, uh, I do wonder if there is a thought from the writers, the director, uh, the people funding this. Is there a thought that we have to make a broader appeal happen here so there needs to be enough hand-holding to make sure that people don't feel like they're seeing the little indie movie Um, that could? Yeah. I don't know. Don't throw it. Uh, afterwards, I, I thought it, it reminded me of Rob Zombie. <laughs> yes. In the way that I'd love to hang out with this guy. We're into the same movies. We I'd, love all I'd the same stuff. I'd love to go stuff. and watch some stuff with you. I'd love to visit your house and see your cool stuff. Yeah. That'd be great. I just, your movies just, uh, you just know, I leave. know what you're trying to do and I love all the references, but... But they leave me wanting more. They, they make me want to watch the movies you refer to again. <laughs> exactly. So, what what did they get right? Uh, the the Gilman's beautiful. Oh sure, the Gilman's yeah. beautiful. This movie, I uh, I read a review that I think made a very good point. They did not like the movie, but hope that it did well because 
it is basically a story of a fish man and a woman falling in love, which how often do you get that in mm-hmm. a movie? <laughs> uh, oh, another fish man, woman love story. <sighs> Although a couple of reviews I read also made a good point was like, why is it never a man with some sort of she monster? I mean, occasionally there mm. are, there's she. Yeah, couple. so you had like, Amphibian Man and then, uh, what else, Man from Atlantis. Yeah. And I can't think of any other Gill Man movies where mm. there's, there's definitely no female Gill person. There is, though. Know, she the Mermaid. De- she Devil. You ever seen She Devil? Oh, yeah. It's from the 60s, and this man falls. It was, it's been a long time since I've seen it, but I seem to remember he falls for a woman who turns out that she's like the reincarnated pre human she yeah, thing yeah. from the deep that came up. It's oh, kind is that of, she, cre- oh, she, she creature? She creature, that's where, it. where like there's this hypnotist who's. Yes, that's right. Back this woman out of the surf. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's got some good atmospheric shots in it. Yeah. Did you pick up on a lot of themes of, uh, of tolerance in this movie? Oh Jesus! Could they? Could, could they, they have hit you over the head? Hit more? you over the head? I wonder if somebody couldn't edit this film and cut out all the really overt bits and maybe ease up on Strickland's, you know, evil and right. ease up on everybody yeah. else's goody two shoes. Yeah, he's great. But I could have done with less of him and made a better make a better film. Yep. Cut it down because what was this? Two hours? Yeah, two hours and a few minutes. Another thing yeah. I wish they cut is uh, her subtitles. Mm-hmm. I didn't need them because like totally didn't. A lot need of the time, the characters she's with are just repeating yeah, what, she's what she's signed. saying. Yes, and and it would be nice because you know she she's obviously got you know dance training. Mm-hmm. She can tell you what she's thinking. Oh yeah, she would have done fine. You, yeah, so okay, we take out the subtitles. We cut Strickland back to mm-hmm. just maybe a weirdo. <laughs> yeah. Maybe an evil uh, give, kind of... Give him some qualities. Give, but give him some make qualities. Him make him Make him more of a family man. He goes yeah. home and he loves his family. You know, he, he, and he's he, thinking like, fuck, I got to get out of Baltimore. Or, you know, he's, he's, he's doing the right thing as far as he's concerned. Exactly. He's, he's, to, he's doing good for the country. You know, like yeah. Um, I would cut back on, although... She's a great actress. I wish she did more than play the sassy help. Octo- Octavia Spencer. The sassy help Zelda. in space program movies. <laughs> she needs to stop being given that role. I wish she was the lead. I mean, that would... Octavia something? Spencer? Spencer, yeah. The last previous thing I saw her in was uh, Hidden Figures. Hidden Figures. Where she was she's... like, she's the supervisor, you know? Yeah, and she's... In the help as well, and yeah, and then this one she demoted to janitor. And it's kind yeah, of like, oh, she's you know, it's the it's the uh, sassy maid character again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she needed a lead. She could have played yeah. the lead. That would have been interesting. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I think there's a good cut of this film in there because it looks beautiful, and, and it's uh, well acted. Have um instead of. Uh, Eliza finding the Gill Man in the theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, they rendezvoused at a swing bars or something, because if you're trying to keep a low profile and hide this precious creature, yeah, you don't block up your bathroom door on the third floor of a building and fill it with water. No, which I had a lot of trouble with that scene. 
anyway because it it would take forever to fill that room. Yeah, and the floor would have broken. Mm-hmm. Things would have gone horribly wrong well before they did. So it just it seemed like one of those scenes that should have gone out with the you know kill your darlings editing before it got to screen. You know, or, right? Just, well, oh, just yes. made it more. You know, if she'd gone out to a baths or something. Well, what this yeah. what this did for me though was to remind me that this movie is supposed to be fantasy. You know, we're we're supposed to see this and go, well, this couldn't possibly happen. We're not yeah. supposed to believe what we're seeing as being something that's happening. Um, which it didn't bother me on that scale. Like I wasn't Eugenia was bothered with the dancing number. Oh, the little dream sequence yeah. with the dancing. Whereas I think that was probably my favorite part of the movie. It was one of my favorite parts of the movie. Because it was just A dancing Gilman. What do you felt want? like that's what the movie was there for? Like mm-hmm. finally got they got mm-hmm. to a scene that they really felt something. And and it was cute and it was over. There was a couple other scenes like when she and Zelda are talking about having sex with the fish man and she's smiling. It was like, oh, okay, that's... Yeah, that was funny. That was funny. That <laughs> worked, you know? Yeah. And there are scenes in this. I think the 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 neighbor worked well because he had a lot of like just kind of off-the-cuff remarks that were, that were funny and carried the film. But then they shoehorn this whole subplot with him in mm. that he's been ousted from his illustrating job because he was gay. Like they'd get rid of any... Real and, gay and illustrators, in photographs instead of yeah, and they're well, bringing in photographs, and it just it didn't need to be in there. It well, was just more. That could have been left ambiguous. Yeah, exactly. You know, like we didn't know we necessarily didn't know. Maybe that he's, he's a drunk. You yeah, know? May- it could have been anything. He's just getting old. What? Let yeah. us fill in those blanks. Right now, for for him to reach across the counter and grab the hand of the clearly not gay guy working at the pie counter. Hmm. You know, to just go, um, in case you were wondering, and dude, then, dude's gay. And then the guy turns around, the the pie <clears throat> guy, and berates a black couple who tries to sit at the counter. was just like, yeah, we get it, Del Toro. This guy's an asshole. We get it. You don't... What else? Is he going to kick a puppy? Yeah. <laughs> Why doesn't he kick a puppy? You know? So, so yeah. Why this... didn't he have a scene where Strickland strangled a baby? <laughs> sure. <laughs> I wasn't sure. Was he evil? <laughs> he wore black. Yeah. He, he carried an Alabama howdy do. Yeah. <laughs> that should have been the name of the movie. Alabama howdy do. <laughs> Speaking of Alabama, how that's do? when a woman falls in love with a fish man. That's when fish man Doug Jones wins the election. Howdy do. <laughs> it was a good week for Doug Joneses. Yes. Yeah. It really was. Have a generic name. Get ahead. Yeah. Well, you did you watch the uh, Twin Peaks? Uh, reboot? No, oh. I need to watch it, but it, and it is now out on Blu-ray. So yeah, these these split off copy of agent, Doug Jones agent Cooper is Dougie Jones yeah you know? so you got three Doug Joneses this year wow. that are really doing something mm. um yeah but I will say though that uh one thing Doug Jones the fish ru- man the rubber suit fish man actor can't do apparently is dance because he had a dance yeah, double, a double. Yeah. oh you have to that that scene is like <laughs> that's um uh, they're referring to uh <clears throat> The Fred Astaire movie called uh, Follow the Fleet. 
Yeah, you okay. said that when we were at the theater. Him yeah. and Ginger Rogers, and uh, the number is uh, Let's Face the Music and Dance. Okay. Uh, yeah, Follow the Fleet, 1936. Okay. Beautiful yeah. scene. Yeah, and I've it's seen got it that, before. It's that same set. Um, yeah, and, and there's also uh, where she dances with the mop. Yeah. That mm-hmm. uh, kind of refers back to when, like, uh, Astaire, he, he does all these amazing numbers where he is this like inanimate object and he turns into a dance partner. Like yes. He, he does. Uh, doesn't he dance with the broom? He dances with a hat rack in Royal Wedding. Oh, that, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I think that was, that was another Astaire reference. Yeah. But yeah, I enjoyed that bit too. Did you notice the uh, Quasimodo reference? I'm not sure I did. When, uh, when he comes into the lab, the first time you see the, uh, the, Gilman out of the tank mm-hmm. and he's on this like kind of circular wheel thing and, uh-huh. and there's and multiple chain. chains on him yeah uh, look at the uh, Hunchback of Notre Dame 1923 Lon Chaney okay oh and okay there's a, there's a scene just like it where he's he's, he's chained to a wheel and he's oh. on, his, on his knees being uh, whipped and whipped zombed. I think I've only seen a few stills from that I don't think I've ever actually seen the motion picture, oh, the silent, epic. silent film. Um, there were some weird, uh, not weird, but there were some references in there that um, they were saying something about the jello has to be green. It has to be green jello. Like the the, the art director guy was uh, was sort of berating him about it's not red, it's green. It's got to be yeah. green jello. The color of the future. Hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, the key lime pie was green, like, were they the trans- whole film had a green tint to it. Oh, sure. And anything industrial in the 60s was going to have that industrial green. Yeah. That's, that sort of muted green tone. When they first walked into the laboratory for the for the night shift, um, it looked just... For such a high security place, they sure had a lot of people there just <laughs> running around. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like just in in any room you want, you just wander in. <laughs> yeah. Keypads don't mean anything. It, it's like when the it's like when the grown-ups get too drunk at a wedding and the kids just start running around doing what they want. To be fair, everybody was drunk in 1962. Yeah, and smoking. And smoking, so, you know. But that stuff, you know, all of those institutional um fixtures, all of the uh like when they first walked through the locker room or whatever it was, and there were the big round sinks where you would step on the oh, pedal and wash I your hands. Those. Yeah. And I was trying to remember from where. Yeah, either some high school gym or some damn thing. I I want to say that it was a swimming pool somewhere. Probably, yeah. Or maybe a high school gym at another school. I don't remember if my school had those. Did they do? But it? they had showers a lot like those that were you know. Yeah. The stupid one maypole looking maypole thing. thing with like six shower heads on it oh it was horrible it was like prison it was like prison high school was a lot like prison what did, it, did they not as much fun did they did they tour the uh the, the grinch performances to different schools when you had to wear the green sweats and play the grinch <laughs> yes yeah, so you saw... maybe that's where i saw them that's like will come on five minutes to curtain uh, i gotta get my makeup on <laughs> gotta do that thing with my hair Damn it. Yeah. For listeners who haven't heard that episode, Will played the Grinch when he was, what, what, like fifth grade, fourth grade? No, no, I was in high school. I played for fourth and fifth grades. Oh. I think I was probably a senior. Oh. 
So I was well out of high school, <laughs> just hanging out in green sweats, smoking, <laughs> smoking and drinking. Hey, As you. people in New Mexico did, and they said, "Hey, you want a part?" I said, "What's the part?" I said, "The Grinch." I said, "The one that steals Christmas," and they said, "Yeah, that one." <laughs> I said, "Sure." Did the Grinch have any other real motivations? For stealing Christmas, well, other than his who hate, there was there was Halloween night is Grinch night, and how the Grinch stole Christmas. I don't recognize the, that second one as canon. No, no, it was a cash grab, wasn't it? Was it? A total cash grab. Yeah, the Grinch had nothing to do with Halloween. <laughs> he just, just lived up there and hated the Who's, <laughs> and hated Christmas. Yeah, the Who's look like like and bunch- Jesus Who Christ. <laughs> Did you ever notice the Who's look like a bunch of Swedes? Do they? They do, totally. They look oh, Swedish. Man. I mean, that's squareheads. <laughs> I was thinking more like around the nose and mouth area. I don't know. I, I would say. Uh, well, well, I believe in uh, Deadwood squareheads was like the, <laughs> or maybe it was flatheads, but <clears throat> something like that is the slang they used against Swedes. <laughs> like, yeah, we need a special slur and against it was square heads or something. <laughs> Jeez. God, they'd fit right in in this movie, wouldn't yeah, they? Yeah, because they were too white? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. So anyway, the set looked great. Uh, everything, everything in this movie looked great, yeah. and yet it I... was a total dead thing. <laughs> it just laid there for two hours and never entranced me never i should have cried at the end of this and i felt nothing Uh (laughs) well you know there were a couple moments where it's like oh and then it just i don't know a couple of other uh, so i saw the amphibian man that you definitely get teary at the end of that because okay tragic how it works out but uh another person movie i saw this year was uh, the lure okay i haven't Uh, heard of it seen that one Uh uh-uh uh, what country is that from? But, um, yeah, that's a eccentric person. Okay, excellent. Lots of music in it. And, and, and there's these pair of young women in it and they're, they're mermaids, but they're very vampiric as well. Oh. So it's like, a, in the, in traditional mermaid stories, she's either this, the victim. Mm-hmm. Or she's like the monster. And this one, you have both. Ah. So they're like preying on people as well as becoming romantically involved and doomed. That sounds like that. It's really weird. And, and yeah, I enjoyed that the one. The one that I can't, now I can't remember. It was set in Rome. And hmm. you watched it. And I watched it in the Spring. Guy. Spring, yes. Yeah. yeah. That one was uh, really good. Yeah. That yeah. was a good fish um, person. Yeah, Criterion brought out the lure this year. Oh, okay. I'll have to check that one yeah, out. Yeah, that's good. So I guess maybe mine is uh, a bit of a dissenting opinion. I was fairly entertained by this throughout, and I don't know if that was just because I was enthralled by the world they were in. It's like, ooh, what would it be like to live in the, you know, the, the 60s, like the early 60s? That, w- that would be interesting, you know. But then again, we're reminded how how there was a baseline loathsomeness to people in general who should have been more decent than they were. Um, At least in this movie. Well, I think in real life, I mean, there's just sort of, there's just a dinner table racism that seemed to exist at, at, 
it's so I well a it, lot of levels. It refers to racism of the ages because like the the movie that's like the theater is the story of Ruth. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. And uh, Ruth was a Moab woman who married who she's becomes a widow and she marries a Jewish guy and she becomes the great grandmother of David, I think. Yeah, something hmm. like that. So that's a bit of miscegenation going on in ancient times. Right. She faced difficulties over being from Utah and all. (laughs) (laughs) Moab. Yeah, there's, I hate to say it, but, you know, just knowing different generations, you know, having grown up, you just know that there's things they never really kind of got a grip on. You know, it's like. There's nothing scary. But, uh, there's nothing scary or weird about people who are different than you. True, but unless you choose, do to be we scared. need to? Do we need to be so reminded of it? With, right. I mean, couldn't this have been more along the lines of Mad Men? Right. Which you see it, but you totally see it, but they didn't feel the need to like completely. And some will disagree with me. They didn't feel the need to completely beat you over the head with this. And yeah, I thought, say, I thought it was the main theme of the movie was was people from different cultures and races coming together. It was, but it was a bit of a dream team at the end. You had the the black lady, the the mute woman, and the the gay neighbor, and uh, you know. The Gill Man. Yeah. The Gill Man all in a van together like like Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you know, yeah, there's there's a lot to there's a lot to say about what things were like on a on a day to day level back in those days, but yeah, maybe they don't need to spin around and look at the camera and go, You see? <laughs> Which they kinda did. They did. They yeah. did, and that's a shame. Maybe there's a good cut here. Yeah. I'm going to edit this thing down to 90 minutes. I think we needed to it do it. It gives me 30 minutes to work with. Well, I, um, so I recognized um, uh, Damien Fisher. was uh, in, he, He's a, worked with Legacy Effects. Uh, so he worked in the movie, and I wanted to see what he thought of it. But he hadn't seen it at that point. Okay. So he was him and the effects team were going out to see it this week. Oh. So I'll have to... Get his opinion again because he, he said he was under a like um, NDA, so he, he couldn't talk right. about it at all. Oh, um, total gag order. <laughs> yeah, but I also um, wrote to Julie Adams. Oh, who was Kate in Creature from the Black Lagoon, yeah. and uh, she hadn't seen it either. <laughs> oh man! But she uh, she said uh, the film looks great. Hoping to see it this week. Glad you liked it. Oh, well, that's very sweet. Yeah, so uh, see what she thinks of it. Yeah, she's pretty active on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. does a lot of cons. Yeah, she's a pretty cool lady. And, uh, you know, we don't have a lot of people from that era who are still out making the rounds, doing the conventions. No, the Gill Man passed away from lung cancer. Oh, really? <laughs> well, there were... okay. He smoked like a fish. <laughs> Drank like a train. <laughs> They had the, how many different? Who's the official Gill Man? Really, I mean, there's uh, Riku Browning is the swimming one. Okay, and uh, the walking Bob, around Bob one. Chapman was the uh, land one. Was right. the walking around one? <laughs> the walking Gill Man, Christopher Walken as the Gill Man. And I, I forget who P- 
complete it was in a different guy for the land one in the sequels hmm. in, yeah in creature walks among us i forget who that was yeah you could see the zipper on the suit <laughs> could you no i'm just joking i oh. could i would hope not yeah like, how hard is it to hide the zipper come on it's one of the greatest suits ever yeah, yeah. it really is and a woman sculpted the head yep yeah so you listen patrick yeah millicent all right um so as far as this movie goes uh who do you steer away from it who do you recommend it to do you just kind of you know you have a friend comes to you and says hey shape of water you saw that right Mm. should i go see it what do you tell them Uh, people who'd ask me that sort of thing are probably into something that's pleasing visually uh-huh. which this definitely is so i'd say yeah check it out if you like to look at pretty things but yeah. don't like thinking <laughs> this movie's for you uh yeah definitely on you get you got great performances and you know great creature yeah it's really yeah, sad why, why, why i, I check really yeah i would i think i'd have to recommend it just because yeah it looks great everything should work it didn't work for me but um you know, sounds like know. the way Stephen King feels about uh, the Stanley Kubrick uh, version of The Shining. Mm. He's he said something like, "It's like a really beautiful, perfect automobile that doesn't have an engine," <laughs> or something like that. Oh, yeah, maybe. It's uh, yeah, it just did not work for me. Fair enough. Um, it it worked for me well enough to probably tell people, yeah, check it out. Um well enough for me to want to give it another I would look say go ahead eyes. and watch it but I don't want to talk to you about it unless you hated it <laughs> right I don't want to hear about it yeah I, I have my complaints about it but I don't hate it so I would say yeah you know it's, I'd say it's a hard movie to hate right it's it, not a it's not a blood rage or a any of the other crap we've watched on this program do either one of you know anything about how the box office has done since we saw it? I don't uh, think it's done anything yet because it's still in very limited yeah. release. So they've made about 50 bucks from us. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that's about where they stand. <clears throat> right. Um, no, it's not because <clears throat> it's still on like Rotten Tomatoes to be released page. Right. Um, the, but the, it's got good reviews. The gross revenue as of a couple days ago was $1 million what one point let's call it 1.8 million to round it up a little bit so that's but just a star like eight a, cities yeah. or something yeah 20 and, cities maybe and this is something how many cities are there in the u.s oh they always say oh it's only i mean seriously how many yeah. cities are there 30? how many cities yeah how many cities are there 120 where, where you release your Can movie we just make a, up a number what? <laughs> yeah out of the million cities in the united states yeah out of the 174,000 cities. I don't know. So we were lucky enough to have this here to where we could just... Because we know, live in Denver where yeah. it's happening, unfortunately. I don't well, like it. <laughs> <laughs> they debuted this at uh, Telluride uh, Film Festival, I believe. Um, the original release of it. Uh, there were several. I don't think I have it here, actually. Um, there were several different film festival releases of this. You yeah. Know, different, different places. Some places, I know some people 
on my Facebook saw this back in September. Yeah. And then it just, like, I never heard from it again. I was Mm. like, is that already come and gone? And I was kind of surprised that it finally came out. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, whether it does phenomenally well or doesn't, I I think it's going to at least, you know, make its money back and impress a lot of people. Sinks or swims. Sink or swim. (laughs) We're going to play sink or swim with this movie. Um, I think what it does... Could this film flop and flounder? <laughs> it could. What this does is remind me... Does it you got t- legs? <laughs> Fishy legs. It's got, it's got crab legs. <laughs> um, what this does is it reminds Universal that, hey... Or will it leave him gulping for air? <laughs> it's sucking wind. Um what this what this does is it reminds Universal that hey your your dark universe crap we don't need it. That movie made a ton of money. What the the, the fuck, fuck mummy twenty seventeen <laughs> did make a ton of money mainly because it was titled Fuck Mummy twenty seventeen and everybody said yeah I think so. They sent it to China where everybody was just like yay Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So how does this movie tie in? To that doesn't movie it's... and and where is Thanos? Well, he, 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 he's wanted to make <laughs> the Gilman something movie, like yeah something like this where where the Gilman and the woman get together since yeah. he was a kid seeing Creature in the Black Lagoon. So here's a question that that I have to ask. Um, but then this is by then there was a novel that came out which he I I don't know how much he's taken from the the oh novel. okay so yes I heard that. It was from a novel, but I didn't know if that mm. was true or not because. But it, you know, I, so it, it, that enabled him to run with his idea. Oh, okay. So I don't know how faithful it is. Why has Universal Studios been so precious with the Gill Man, with the creature from the Black Lagoon? Why have they never done anything at all? I think the creature's a hard character to write for because what does he really do? He comes up, he grabs a blonde and takes her off. I mean, yeah, ooh, bit rapey. Yeah. So, on the other hand, that that's a simple formula. Do just do it over again in color with some different actors. Yeah. So why have they never, ever, ever done it? I don't know. There's been several attempts though, like including John Carpenter. John Carpenter's Rob Zombie's Gilman. <laughs> no, what, what did he? What did Carpenter do? Uh, he, he was just one of the several people who proposed, you know, but it didn't get made. Yeah. yeah, that's my point. It never gets made. Now Del Toro's like, well, fuck you, I make it. I make my own, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is great because. Yeah, he, I was hoping for something really. Yeah. Really original from this. Yeah, which it it definitely doesn't feel like Creature from the Black Lagoon. Um. But I'm glad that he did it because if nothing else, if this is even marginally successful, it shows everybody that yes, you can do a Fishman movie, and uh-huh. and you can have a big budget and you can make your money back plus some, and uh, some people will be entertained, other people will be a, a little annoyed by some of the you know heavy-handedness, but it's at least in the horror genre to some extent, and it it kind of gives you the idea that. It doesn't all have to be superheroes. There's no superhero theme going on here at all. Uh, they do say, well, he, maybe he is a god because he has these healing powers or whatever. It's got to be explainable with enzymes or something. But um, 
anyway, the, my point is that maybe he was bitten by a radioactive fish. <laughs> yeah. Think about that, or maybe a fish fell from space. Yeah, irradiated with gamma rays. Sure. He had sex with it, caught a disease, <laughs> as one would do. So that those glowing bits are infinity gems. That's exactly it. There's yeah. where, there's where the Thanos no, turns okay. up. Okay. But I think this is this is just a, a good <laughs> anyway, way. Anyway, you were saying, Richard. Yeah, this is just a good way for everyone to see that you can make a rubber monster movie uh, with a big budget and and get your money back and everything's cool and it doesn't have to be you know an official universal thing. So go ahead, everyone, go make monster movies. Yeah. Um, I mean, why can't you make a Dracula film? Right. He's in the public domain or Frankenstein. Right. They make just, your own Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, they just can't look like the ones from yeah, exactly. Universal. They don't have to though. Right. There's they did that with the 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 movie starring Sting, The Bride. The Bride, yeah. yeah. Or Kenneth Branagh's Bram Stoker's Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. <laughs> starring Robert De Niro. Starring Rob Zombie <laughs> as Robert De Niro. <laughs> oh my god. Movies are confusing. <laughs> they really are. On that note, um when this uh, when this podcast meets again, when we reconvene to uh, to wassail, re- yes, to wass- we're going wassailing. Um, we're going to record our Christmas extravaganza. We're each going to pick a Christmas movie, and we're all going to be so drunk. Uh, we should. I hope so. I'm not driving. I'm we're gonna, calling Lyft. We're going to be knocked out. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll have to do it by Skype. Slurry Skype. Yes, slurry Skype. So we're each going to pick a new a, app. <laughs> it just slurred. If you're drunk, it speeds your message up a little bit, so you sound sober. Yeah. But if you're sober, it slows it down and makes you sound drunk. Nobody wants a second feature. That's why we're not making any money. Right. On slurry Skype. We're also being sued by Skype. From merely mentioning them. Uh-huh. So we uh, we will be doing our Christmas extravaganza. It'll drop just in time for... Uh, no, it would be late. So we'll drop it on Monday, on Christmas. Yes, because oh. people will want to listen to it on Christmas. <laughs> All our fans who may not celebrate the holidays. But they themselves would be at that, that like a sentimental, drunken, lonely stage of the evening. Yeah. <laughs> Tired of the family, off in a room by themselves. I'm going to the go dark. listen to my favorite <laughs> podcast. Damn, they didn't put up a new episode. I guess I'll listen to Chewing the Scenery. <laughs> See, we, and we got through the whole episode without mentioning the woman masturbating in the bathtub. Oh, twice. Oh, damn While it. eggs boil. Wasn't it three times? Was it just twice? I thought it was twice. twice. Yeah. She was really going to town. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm glad we didn't mention that on this show. <laughs> yeah, it's the first time you're like, what? Wait? It's and like the a... second time you're like, yeah, I'm bored by this movie, <laughs> Del Toro. You're going to give me more than some woman masturbating out of focus in the tub. Right. Intercut with scenes of eggs boiling. Eggs boiling. Yeah. All right. So join us on Christmas Day for the Christmas extravaganza. <laughs> we won't be here on Christmas Day, though. No, we won't. We'll have recorded it the Friday before. We will before. time travel again. Yes, as we do. All right. Anything else before we get out of here? Um, Merry Christmas. Yeah. There you have it. Merry Christmas. I'm saving mine till Monday. <laughs> and stay, stay off, off the, the moors. moors.